Hello! Welcome to Why Not Both, the podcast all about how our multiple passions and interests shape our identity and our lives. My name is Pam Schaefer, and I am a musician and therapist in Los Angeles, and I also happen to be your host. This podcast is produced by Laura Studeris, and for this season, we've partnered up with Under the Radar magazine. If you like what you hear, you can hang out with us on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at WNB, the podcast. And if you really, really like what you hear, please support us on Patreon. We are under Why Not Both podcast. When you join our Patreon, you get a whole bunch of really cool behind the scenes stuff and you get to chat with us. And that's pretty awesome. Thank you so much for your support. And I hope you enjoy our interviews. This week, we were thrilled to welcome the absolutely fabulous Macy Rodman to the podcast. I hope you enjoy our interview. Welcome officially to Why Not Both. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. How have you been? I Usually I would ask like, so what do you do? Like tell everybody. Now I'm like, how are you? The last year and a half has been kind of a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild it's like yeah i mean um the summer has been such a roller coaster because it was like after people started getting vaccinated it was like felt like a whole reopening and it's kind of like up in the air um people have a lot of feelings about that <laughs> yeah. um but uh uh, you know, I'm I'm rolling with it. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to. We are all are doing our best. I'm I'm in the same boat. Where, like I was so excited that I was like, yay! Like my friends and I are vaxxed. We can start like playing shows again and doing stuff. And then it was like, oh well, I went out once. That was I was like, cool. I guess that was the last time. Until like, goodbye. See you in 2022. <laughs> uh when when the whole thing started my friend was telling me about this epidemiologist that was on democracy now and i guess said at the very beginning she was like three years it'll take three years yep. and i was like i was like i don't want to believe that but it's always been kind of in the back of my head like <laughs> i'm like well you know maybe she clocked it <laughs> That was, I remember, I remember starting to actually research the Spanish flu, which by the way, why did we not learn about that in school more? Why did we not learn about the exact precedent of the situation? Seriously. Like, and so same thing where I was reading about it and it was like, they had like a period of time where they were like, it's gone, let's party. And I was like, oh, I think this is our pandemic lull. I think this might yeah. kind of match up with that. And like, sadly, I was right. Cause I was telling people, I was like, yeah. Cause everyone was like, oh my gosh, like it's kind of like whiplash being back to normal. I was like, no, no, no. I don't think it's like actually normal. And people were like, you're being so pessimistic. I was like, no, I'm just trying to like, I'm just trying to have reasonable expectations. I'm just trying to... <laughs> Yeah, it was a little, a little too like. Yeah, I think it'll be a slow kind of um, new normal vibe. I don't know. I don't. I don't anticipate it like going straight back anytime soon. But that's okay. We've got some like managing coping skills at this point that make it a little like easier to visualize what that's gonna look like exactly exactly and also like creating during this time it's been kind of fascinating because i think at first people were like yep don't know what to do i'm just gonna just gonna sit here i'm just gonna, gonna sit some more gonna maybe stare into the distance <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> but now it's like, I like go ahead Oh, I like uh, threw up my neck the other day. And so I was like in my room for a couple of days and I was like, why does this feel eerily like comforting now? <laughs> like being trapped in a room <laughs> or like stuck in a room. <laughs> You're like, did I like Stockholm syndrome myself? <laughs> like, do I like it? it? Totally. I'm like, I have all my like games that I can play. I have my little like exercises that I can do. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, this is actually kind of <laughs> Yeah. 
oh my god oh my god because yeah like you're releasing music like people know i think for a little while people were like um i don't know if this is the time to release stuff but it's like now we actually get to kind of share what we were working on even though we are kind of back in like our little cubby holes but it kind of gives an opportunity to be like okay well how do you share it a different way how like yeah, I mean, yeah, necessity breeds invention, and it definitely did that. So it's like, I don't want to go back to Zoom shows or any of those things, but like maybe smaller shows with like supplement of like a live stream here and there or like a recorded performance here and there, you know? Yes. Yes. I talked to a bunch of artists. I personally, I did the podcast mainly instead of like, I did record music during this time, but I don't like live streaming. Like, I feel like I'm doing like karaoke in my own home. <laughs> I'm like, this. Yeah. <laughs> like, so like if someone else does it, like I, I have seen a few really good live streams, but like, I personally was like, oh, it's not for me. Um, and I was like, oh, how, how else would I spread my music? And I was just like, oh, there could be like outdoor shows. Or I like what you said about like, almost like more like more frequent small shows as opposed to like one really big show. Yes. Yeah. That, that seems like, uh, maybe less stressful for everyone involved, but you still kind of get to do the thing. Yes. Yes. Cause I don't know how you feel, but when you're performing, like so much of the performance is feeling the energy from the audience and that's so hard to do on a live stream. Totally. And I mean, like, I I did one show that was like a packed room, like right when everything was reopening. Um, it was for the single release from this album. And it was like, beautiful, glorious, like having everyone in that room. It was like very magical. Uh, and it was like, oh, yeah, this is actually not an element that can be erased completely it's like if 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 we can be diligent and like take our time with getting back to this like full-fledged thing then i think that is very worth it you know yes yes and i think it's a it's a slow and steady like i feel like i don't know if this is like just an american culture thing but we're kind of very all or nothing completely completely and it's it's frustrating because it, it's just like i like that that's not how um not how this thing works <laughs> <laughs> you know as much as we want it to yeah um, it's like the subtleties of like here's where to wear your mask and here's when to wear it it's like do you have to wear it in your own home no do you wear it when you go yeah. out with a group of people yes it's like <laughs> yeah it's like yeah outside it th yeah there's ways around it and it's like there it's actually not that hard you know <laughs> <laughs> that's like now that we're used to it yeah, that's, I mean, we're all very adaptable. Like, I think, you know, much like I was explaining why I was late for my own podcast that I was like helping my friend's dog, much like within a day, she adapted to the fact that she was like, oh yeah, you're a human that I like. Like, yay, we're great. <laughs> it's the same thing. Totally. Like, you know, you just adapt <laughs> stuff. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I was, above, uh, earlier today I was listening to the episode of, of your podcast with Kathleen Hanna, and I was like, oh, that was like, because that was like kind of right when it was all beginning or like oh, kind yeah. of the height of it all. Yeah. It was like, it was like, oh, okay, we we have like we've come a ways. <laughs> it doesn't feel like that anymore. That's good. <laughs> oh my god, that was such a fun interview. But like, that's so funny that that's the episode you listened to because she said to me, and I think I actually kept it in the episode that she's like talking to you is like being on edibles, and I was like, thanks, I think. <laughs> like, I was like, wow, we're like, no. Ah! <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I was like, no one's okay. It's great. We're all here together. <laughs> <laughs> <Not really. laughs> oh 
<laughs> Everyone, a group insanity. Yes. I think at the time, because like we were talking about, that's so interesting. That episode was such a fun one to record because that was right when we were like trying to figure out how to define like our identities when we weren't really being perceived. Because that's been a huge part of this experience is that so much of how we define ourselves is by the reflection that we get back from other people. Yeah. Like, we're talking about, well, what do you do when you don't have that reflection anymore? You're just kind of like, oh, it's just me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, it's such a trip. And like, I never realized how much of like interactions with strangers depend on your face and like um, learning how to like get around that is its own thing and like learning how to like not be not attempt to like let your whole social structure be like replaced with social media because that is also a very oh dangerous game god. to try to play <laughs> oh my god yes like yes <laughs> i was like i have no more commentary <laughs> Yeah, because it's 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 tempting. It's like, oh, I, I, you know, get this like little boost of dopamine, but it's just like the rapid like rise and fall of like change of mood in that space is damaging. <laughs> Hard. And especially like, like you said, since like we don't have the other social outlets and especially like as artists or anyone that's really producing anything you want to share with others. You do, of course, want to be active on social so that you can be like, hey, here's what I'm working on. And you can look at what other people are working on. And like, that's exciting. But then it's like, it's like a slippery slope where you're just like, I'm excited. It's like that save by the bell. Like, I'm so excited. I'm so scared. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, my God. And yeah, especially <laughs> like, because that's all we have in some ways throughout the pandemic. That was all we had to go on socially which was weird yeah super weird super weird like um and you could like see how other people were unraveling because of it also <laughs> <laughs> back to the which world was like, camp. <laughs> yeah it's like oh didn't know that about you okay <laughs> <laughs> Taking in that data, okay, adding it to the landscape. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, and especially when that's your only feedback, like you said, and I, I think it's really true that there's no replacement for like the energy you get back from an audience when you're performing, that it's not the same when you're online and it's very up and down with social media because sometimes you can post something that like is actually quite meaningful to you and, and no one pays attention just because of the algorithm. It's not because it's not like a good poster. It's not a good whatever. It's like sometimes people just don't see it. And then you're like, it creates this, even when you try to resist it, it's like this external validation machine. Yeah. It's like if you took your friend aside and you were like, I've really been going through a hard time lately. Like, I just like really appreciate you being here with me. Like while I'm going through my, you know, if you like had this heartfelt conversation with a friend, you would get a completely different response than if you posted like a picture of you, like, you know, holding a flower with that same caption. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's like, it's just not the same thing. Yeah. And it's, yes. it's, I think marketed try to like fool thinking that it's the same thing or a similar thing. Um, even if we like know that it's not. Yes. Our lizard brain is like really searching for it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and especially at a time when we were looking for connection and it's natural to want connection with other people, like we're wired for that. And so our lizard brain got confused, I think, for a while there. There were oh god, there were so many we all love our lizards. We all love our lizards. That's such a beautiful way of putting it. Because, like, oh god, who was talking to? It was about like the Bo Burnham special about white women Instagram. That like we all kind of turned into white women on Instagram, or we're just like, look at the rainbow on my hand. I have anxiety. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that is, yeah, it was, it was a wild time looking back on it. And I think you're right that we have, we do have a lot more coping skills now. And so it's up to us to be like, okay, well, what's like, what does it look like now? Like we kind of broke normal and that's okay. We've accepted that. Like, what do we want to do going mm -hmm. forward? <laughs> like, yeah. 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 And I think just because it's not like such a mystery anymore, like risk assessment seems more manageable, you know? Exactly. Because it's like, we know what it does. We know how it spreads. Like we know what to do if we get it, like, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Like it's become, and also I think that it's become kind of, I don't know how to put it other than like destigmatized. Like I feel like at the very beginning, people treated it almost like, and I hate that STIs are stigmatized as well. It's like, but people treated it like that. We're like, oh my God, did you hear that they got COVID? Uh, like... <laughs> totally. totally. And now it's more like, oh, no, I'm so sorry. Did you want me to Postmates you some pho? Like, are you okay? Like, you know, it's like, people are so much more accepting that now it's like even if you do do a good risk assessment it's like sometimes it's just like inevitable if you were exposed to it and didn't know and things like that um that I think people are more compassionate now which at least like I mean thankfully like I personally haven't had it because I'm like a hermit anyway um but like like I said I went out once in like 2021 I was like that's it guys <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I haven't gotten it either. Knock on wood. Right. I was but, like, I yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like right now, a few of my yeah, a few of my friends have it. I think it like the last few weeks, like, and all of my friends were vaccinated, but like, and thankfully it's been pretty mild, like for everyone who's gotten it, which I'm really grateful for. But I did notice kind of a change in how people perceive it, which is like, oh no, Lady Corona got you instead of like, ew, what did you do? So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. La Corona, La oh. Corona. Yes. Oh my god. Oh my god. How have you been feeling? I guess like creating during this time, and I know that so much of what you do is like you have all these beautiful visuals with the costumes that you make and everything. It's like, did you find that during this time you were inspired to make more because you had more time, or were you like, well, no one's seeing this right this second, so like I don't care. Like, what was that experience like? So, so I love a, um, a tedious craft task. <laughs> Um, so it was a fruitful time for that um, and like knowing that I wasn't gonna put it out until this year I was like kind of like fab because I mean and not fab because of anything pandemic related but like you know I was like Okay, I never have time before show. I'm always like rushing to like will something together. Yeah. Um, let me just sit for months and like rhinestone these little like, um, little like onesies or like hand not a human hair wig like <laughs> just like do all of these like crazy things that I love doing but never get to do. Um, and I kind of just like that into like what the um like idea of the album was gonna be because it was like i don't know the album was kind of the songs were all written in the first month uh -huh. and like i made demos for all of them and then slowly over 2020 i like fleshed everything out as i was doing the costumes as i was um you know asking people to help me out with videos like at when things become slowly acceptable to like shoot a video with someone in a room you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and so it just like it did kind of like become this like as i like gelled the album together the like the visuals kind of like flushed out and i was like you know imagining uh what a live show would be like what I would do during a live show and so it was kind of like um a, a strange gift to have <laughs> yeah. and what you're describing it's so interesting that like we think about what normal is 
like that kind of in a way that was the norm for actually making an album, I would say in previous decades where it was like you were supposed to actually take your time away in your cocoon making your album. And now people, mm. at least like, you know, leading up to 2020, I feel felt really rushed to be like, oh, you have to keep putting out singles every six to eight weeks. And then that triggers the Spotify algo. And like, you have to keep putting out visuals and all this stuff where it's like, you actually have the time to just like sit and really consider your art like and that's really valuable i mean it was because of a horrible incident um but like yeah you know i think that i really hope that actually in the future we give ourselves and other people the space to do that yeah i mean it's hard to um imagine a, a world where like that is prioritized because it is so like the like late stage capitalism like rush to like produce 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 consume 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 but i think that like maybe like that kind of taste of it where it was like no just in your house just it in your house it's like maybe a silver lining from that is that people can see that like oh slowing down um is is valuable yeah and that what you produce when you slow down like it's kind of ironic like that you said like produce 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 but it's actually when you slow down that what you produce is actually of better quality. <laughs> like, you know, like the way you were describing yeah. the onesies, and I'm like, oh my God, weaving an entire wig. I was like, damn, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, because doing yeah. kind of production takes time, and even like that you demoed out the songs, and then we're producing them and doing the visuals, like really putting the time into that, that means that what comes out is amazing as opposed to just being like, Oh yeah, this is like medium. Okay. I kind of rushed through it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the same thing as if you like, you know, try to type an email really fast and then it's like full of typos, yeah. you know? Yes. Do you, I don't know if this is just like a me problem. I read my emails like three or four times before I send them just because I'm like, did I accidentally like say something completely different? <laughs> I, the way I stress out about email sending is psychotic. There were, there was a, there was a period where I could not send an email without having my friend proofread. Oh. <laughs> It was like, and I don't know what it is about email, I guess, because it's like, it's more formal than a text, yeah. but it, it's written out. So it's like, I don't know. It's like, it feels like very formal. It feels like I'm submitting a deposition or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Like whenever I send an email, I feel like I'm sending like a really official like telegram to someone that I'm just like, I, everything must be correct because I'm like, what if I said like the, the wrong thing and it's, it's in the email record, which of course like text, you can look at someone's text record too, but it's like, I don't know what, <laughs> what is this affliction? <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. I have gotten a little better, but it still stresses me out. It still stresses me out majorly. Oh my God. I wish that I had an intervention for that, but I'm like, hmm, same. <laughs> That's why I, I need like email hypnosis or something. The way that they like get people to quit smoking via hypnosis. I'm like, <laughs> conquer my fear of emails. Oh my God. Yeah. That's why I do them in like, or like maybe like, exposure therapy where I have to like write out like a bunch of emails. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like when I hear people be like, oh I got to inbox zero. I'm like, I'm just excited when my inbox is in like the triple digits as opposed to like quadruple or more. <laughs> like, Wait, let me actually check how many emails I have or I'm like now I'm curious. <laughs> um oh do you want to guess? Um, okay, I feel like I'm like guessing in like a, like an invisible gumball journey where like you remember at the circus it, okay. it, like jars. 
<laughs> yes. Okay, I will tell you it's in it's in the thousands. Okay, it's in the thousands. Um am I allowed to ask clarifying questions? <laughs> oh sure, yeah. Is it between five and ten thousand? Yes. Yes, okay. <laughs> Is it <laughs> <laughs> is it between eight thousand? <laughs> is it between what? Is it between six and eight thousand? It is. Amazing, amazing. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna guess a random number. Is it seven thousand and twenty-eight? <laughs> oh, okay, no, but close. It's six thousand three hundred and ninety-one. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> oh, I and I have 275 unread text messages. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I sent one of my group chats my lock screen, like, I mean, my home screen, just so they could see, like, the notifications. Because sometimes, like, in the chat, they'll be like, where'd you go? And, like, I sent them my, my screen, and one of them just was like, this does not spark joy. <laughs> like, <"What?" laughs> no, it sparks stress, honey. <laughs> oh, I guess that goes back to, like, the whole, like, living one's life digitally. Because that's the thing is, like, your option is either to always be on your phone or, like, I actually, in some ways, I don't know if you had this, but I kind of like, I found that during the time alone, I just threw my phone into airplane mode more and more because I was enjoying doing whatever it was I was doing. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I need to start doing that a little more because now it's like, especially since I've been doing album promo a lot, it's like everyone knows that I'm on my phone all the time <laughs> so there's no real excuse to not <laughs> answer any emails or text messages so i need to actually just like th throw it in the airplane mode for have my like i need to have office hours with my phone is what i need to do bingo yes because like especially that's so interesting that people are like oh you're doing album promo so like pay attention to me and you're just like wait no hold up ah. <laughs> I know, because it's such a, like, it's such a work instrument yes. uh, at times, you know? Yeah, and especially, it's interesting doing album promo at this time, I would imagine, as well, because, like, things are changing so fast, and it was like, we're open, oh, never mind, uh, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, I really need to define what, like, my boundaries are with this device and with whom I'm talking to and what I'm doing. <laughs> Totally, totally. Oh my God. What is album promo like during this time? Obviously we're chatting now, but I'm like, what do you get to do for it? Like, are you, are you hopping on podcasts? Are you doing interviews? Like, what does it look like at this time? Cause normally you'd be like going to radio stations and like playing shows. And... Um, so I am able to play a shows a little bit. Like New York is at... You're in LA, right? Uh, New York is like at the point where it's like shows are still at full capacity, I believe, but they're all checking vaccine cards. Yeah. Um, and so I have some planned, but mostly it's been like phone interviews. I've had one in-person interview with someone who I like know a little bit um and then some zoom stuff um but and then some podcast stuff but yeah that's kind of it um so it's just like I, yeah I guess it's just like the the modes have switched a little bit mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that makes yeah. sense yeah because I was I talked to actually it's funny um I discovered you because I talked to Shamir earlier, um, yeah. which was amazing. We were talking about like their wardrobing stuff as well, which is interesting that you were talking about the rhinestoning and I was just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <I was> like... 
Like I want everyone to see both of your styles because they're like just oh they're so good. <laughs> oh my god, Shamir has the best fucking style. <laughs> like I always feel impressed. <laughs> Cause I'm like, I have good uh I have good um like on stage or video uh clothes, but especially as I get into my thirties like I used to dress like cool or weird like in the in the streets when I was in my early twenties. Uh-huh. And now as I get into my thirties I'm just like I leggings. I need like <laughs> just a black camisole. Like, you know, it's like I can't I can't do it. <laughs> I always look like a stage hand at like a school play now. You're like I'm a mime, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> No, but Samir style is so fab. Oh my god, that is so funny. Yeah, like, (laughs) what you said about, like, kind of the slide into your 30s that I feel very similarly, where, like, there's almost, like, especially now that we've kind of broken the rules about what you can even wear out of the house, essentially. Um, I have two modes, and it's either that I'm basically wearing, like, a princess dress or I look like a garbage teenager, like, because I'm barely five feet tall. Those are like, those are like, one or the other. <laughs> okay, yeah, I actually, I, I'm with you on that. Yeah, it is one or the other, totally. It's like some days it's like, it's like, uh, I had this thing sitting around forever. I just like need to wear it. Like, and then, yeah, some days it's just like, well, <laughs> what's the point <laughs> exactly because like i feel like on stage and off like how you're costuming yourself is like your self-expression and i think that's funny that you made the age differentiation as well because like during the time when you're in your 20s that's such like a time of like identity formation and then by the time you're in your 30s you're like cool it's me yeah still me <laughs> Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's like I'm still wearing that on the inside. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> Sparkly on the inside. All good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got my I've got my whole shirt on. Uh, I've got my like Jinko jeans, whatever you know. Doc Martens on the inside. <laughs> that speaks to kind of like kind of like a security in yourself and. Uh, I was talking to a friend last night that he uh, he was so kind. Like I said, I was helping my friend's dog with anxiety and she she barked like all night. Like I got like at most maybe two hours of sleep, but it was like broken up into like half hour chunks. Yeah, this dog was like vibrating on another plane of existence. Like they weren't having fun. I wasn't having fun. No one was having a good time. Um, and then we like broke through to the other side and it was great. But like I was, yeah. <laughs> I was exhausted and my friend was like, do you want to just come over, like, hang out in the hot tub, like, just, just be chill? And I was like, okay. <laughs> and he was saying something interesting because he's a bit older. He's like in his mid fifties, and he's just like, yeah. He's like, you spend your twenties like kind of messing around, being like, who am I? And then you spend your thirties being like, I'm so excited to be who I am. And he's like, and then you spend your forties being like, wow, I'm really effective at who I am. And then you spend your 50s being like, oh my God, I'm even more powerful and I can fly either over or under the radar. Oh my God. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like every day like you level up in like a different way. <laughs> I was like- Yeah, I, I have always just like been so excited to get older. I don't, I've never like craved to be young at all. (laughs) (laughs) That's an interesting way to put it because I think that especially in our culture, like youth is almost fetishized in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely some things about having like a young body are enviable. Like I hurt a lot more. And I'm like, I can't, I just can't, like, drink alcohol in the same way. Like, it doesn't literally work. Like, I either, like, don't get drunk or I get, like, wasted off of one glass of wine. I'm like, what is happening here? Like... (laughs) We're aiming for? (laughs) Yeah, totally. It's like, I need to, it's like, oh, okay, I get, like, 
why old people are mellow, you know? <laughs> that's, that's so true about like, you know, that your body, your body occasionally betrays you. Like, I remember when I was younger being like, why does everyone have such like an irritable stomach? Like what's up with them? Like, why aren't they eating like Del Taco in the middle of the night? Like, do they just not like nachos? And now I'm just like, oh, I get it. I 100% get it. Mistakes have been made. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, I've had sugar once this week. What, uh, okay, what, mm -hmm. how do I get around this, like, birthday party where I will be expected to eat a cake? Like, hmm. Like, I'm, like, having to plan things out like that. I'm like, I don't want to get a headache, like, from this dairy. Like, <laughs> We're just, we're a little more fragile. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, exactly. That's like, for instance, if I were like 20, getting two hours of sleep, I would have been like, nah, eh, whatever, it's fine. Whereas, like, I was, oh. I was like, unwell. <laughs> like... <laughs> totally. Yeah. I used to, like, I used to go out until like five in the morning, sleep until 6 30, and then go to class. It's like, what yeah. the hell? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How is that possible? <laughs> what, what what magic was that? Yeah, like the one night that I went out, um, I ended up same thing. And like the next day, I woke up and I was like, I feel like I've been beaten by sticks. Like just someone was like like <laughs> and was like beating me with sticks. And I was just like, I mean, I'm excited, but also how? <laughs> oh man, yeah, totally. It like yeah, <laughs> I uh. After my show that I played, um, I like, I was like, did I break my foot? Because I was like wearing heels all night. I was like, what the hell happened? I was like, oh no, you just like went out. Like, <laughs> that was really funny. <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to go to the doctor. <laughs> show up and they're like uh no you were you were just wearing heels <laughs> ma'am you're 31 go to sleep <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah and that's i hadn't even thought of that that like footwear was really not a thing this year because like why why would we have worn footwear <laughs> like... yeah yeah I did weirdly buy a ton of shoes over quarantine because <laughs> I, I think I realized that I was like, I only, because I was working at a bar up until the closing and I was like, I only have like these Doc Martens with literal like two inch long holes in them and then like sneakers to run in yep. and then like I think one pair of like pretty broken like thigh high boots and so I was just like, extra $600 a week from the government. What do I do with it? <laughs> I like that you invested in quality footwear, though. That is definitely the only thing that came to mind. I was just like, that sounds like the disaster queer shoe assortment. That right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh -huh. We have the running shoes. We have the really fancy thigh highs that might fall apart. But boy, are they cool. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, Thank you so much. That paints an amazing picture. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Oh my God. And see, now, now you have footwear for when we are back in action and people can actually be like, oh, hey, you're wearing shoes because we're outside. <laughs> yeah totally oh my god yeah oh i did play one outdoor show too um and i had a pair i bought a pair of gold thigh high boots Ooh. over the quarantine which i was very excited about but i rolled around on the ground <laughs> on the, like concrete and i got up and i was like god damn it now they're all scuffed up <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, too eager, too eager. Life of the gold thigh highs. <laughs> yeah, the short, yeah, the short and brilliant life. <laughs> I mean, that kind of speaks to like how excited you were to be out and about and playing a show again, though, because I'm just like, that's kind of really sweet. 
just like whatever i'm rolling around i'm excited <laughs> yeah literally like a kid who like <laughs> gets out to recess and then like scrapes their knee like immediately <laughs> just, oh that's adorable <laughs> oh my god I guess like what comes next because it's like I mean you do have in some ways it's like this liminal pandemic experience where we're not in full lockdown we are still doing stuff but in a way you do have time to like work on your costumes but now you also have time to like make videos of them because we can actually be inside safely in a like controlled setting I'm like yeah you already make all the videos for the album or are you still in process of doing stuff like what are you up to um so we made the first two that have the second one just came out it's called rock and roll gay guy um and uh the those are the ones that uh, we like focused on and like shot in like february and march of this year i think or maybe march and april mm -hmm. um and then so yeah we have another single coming out i have an, a song with shamir coming out um on August 25th, I think, uh, called Punk Rock Boyfriend. And that one we haven't got a video for yet, but we are going to try to over the fall. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I would like to do some more of those like filmed performance things. Cause I actually did get really into doing those over the pandemic, like doing them I would like to not do them from my room, though. Do them from, like, a venue or something. <laughs> um, that would be a little upgrade. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, touring seems maybe distant still. Because, yeah. um, like, I've never really... I've been on some, like, accidental tours where I just had a bunch of out-of-town dates that were, like, clumped together. But right. I've never really been on, like, a full-fledged tour. I would love to do that. Um and like uh shamir obviously knows a lot about touring and so i'm like uh they want to like help me out with that too but um yeah i mean it's you know safety first it's it's still kind of up in the air um and i guess we'll we'll see where it goes i don't know i'm like starting to write um new material again um uh, the like process for writing this album was like very like um, stream of consciousness like quick writing process so I would love to do something like that again if I if there's like another lockdown or even if there's not it's like I I've that's something that I found out during this period is that I really like um, writing a lot in like a short period of time and then developing that over a long period of time it kind of helps me like not get stuck on certain songs you know right it sounds like you don't get stuck kind of in your head like you're you're kind of writing and then editing after and polishing after but you're just like okay i want to get it all out first exactly yeah that was that was super helpful yeah yeah and that it's interesting that you framed it as like, if we have another lockdown, then you're like, wait, or if we don't, and I was just like, I don't know how to put it other than <laughs> now have the power to throw ourselves into lockdown, whether there's a pandemic or not, we can just be like, peace out. I'm doing the thing. Bye. <laughs> like, it's true. Yeah, totally. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't have to be a national or international crisis. <laughs> take a little time <laughs> yeah it's like we learned that it's like oh we can actually take that time and nothing bad happens to us because <laughs> other bad things are happening but not because we took the time <laughs> like... i mean i i know that you you're a therapist right yeah yeah i feel like so many people over this time whether it's through like actually going to therapy or just like kind of um seeking out help from other people it's like the kind of language of therapy has become a little more normalized throughout this period and like 
treating each other with a little more just like um uh, uh patience yes but also like trying to understand your friends and, yeah. and not let something just like hang in the air but like investigate it or be like you know i don't actually have the space to go into this fully but like just know that i'm going through this it's like that has that seems to be a little more like uh common knowledge now do you agree with that i do agree i i'm really glad you brought that up that it's like i mean people have been seeking out more mental health services and i know that because like my business went from being me to like i hired an associate early in 2020 being like oh, I really want to train a baby therapist. Like that's part of, you know, like being a therapist is you get to supervise others. And I was like, oh, I haven't done that yet. Like, I'd love to do that. There's like seven people on my staff now, like a year and a half later. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it was wild that it's like, cause people kept seeking out services and like, there's only one of me. And so after a while I was just like, whoa, Pam's tired, yo. <laughs> wow, that's cool. Thank you. Yeah, it was like I kept like hiring more and more people and like looking for people that I specifically work with people in like the ethical non-monogamy community and the queer communities. And it's like so a lot of people in like underserved communities. And so those are the people who kept being like, hey, I heard about you from one of my friends. I want to come see you because I know that I'm not going to have to explain all this stuff to you and you're not going to like stigmatize it. You're just going to deal with what I'm actually dealing with, which is usually like something completely unrelated. <laughs> like, yeah. like I have horrible no. pandemic anxiety or I went through a bad breakup or like, you know, whatever is going on. And so that's how my practice grew. But I noticed like more and more, like people are normalizing therapy and people are normalizing talking about relating to one another the same way we do in therapy. Like you just said, where it's like yeah. being really respectful of other people's, uh, other people's stuff as well as their boundaries and knowing that it's not about you like either saying like yeah totally i have space to talk about this let's have this conversation now or being like you know <laughs> i've had a day i really want to help you out yeah i'm gonna take a nap and then <laughs> how about if i text you after so that way i can really attend to what you're saying <laughs> like where it's yes. like are able yes. yes i think because we were all unwell together um we have more empathy for it yeah, and it's way better than just like kind of like trying to like grin and bear it, but just being like a really horrible friend, <laughs> you know, which is kind of what I felt like I did a lot before. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, and I think like we're sometimes we're not taught these skills and like they're just kind of yeah. they're swept to the side. And these are they are skills. It's not something that like we come to it's not that it's unnatural but it's not necessarily intuitive to know how to talk about things this way but if someone teaches you how to talk about things that way you're like oh cool now i have the tools to do that absolutely yeah and it's so helpful like everywhere like no matter who you're dealing with whether it's a friend whether it's the dmv like <laughs> um <laughs> i i've had a lot of um like surgery gender affirming surgeries over the past couple of years um and that was like one of my in my life like one of my great like um like in the video game when you move to the next level it's like i earned like 20 points of patience is like dealing with like medical people like over the phone is <laughs> like i had to just like be like okay like we're gonna we're gonna do this. It might not happen today. It might not even happen this week. We're just gonna keep Aww. doing it and we're gonna be on the phone with these people and they don't want to deny you of anything. They're just doing their job. So remind them of something if you know different, but like, don't get mad. Like, you know, it's like. <laughs> I think so many people who either like aren't trans or don't counsel people who are trans, like don't understand how labyrinthine the path of medical transition can be and how like we put the burden on people who are transitioning to go through that. Yep. Instead of, like having a better system. It's like the way you described it as a video game almost. And like you level up with patients each time. It's like, couldn't we design a better video game for this? This is a really crappy video game. <laughs> yeah, this video game 
Yeah, totally. And I mean, I live in New York City, which, like, I mean, thank God I've gotten all of my surgeries for free, like, up from New York City Medicaid. Like, it honestly is probably one of the best places in the world to navigate uh, trans surgeries, but it's still super hard. And it's like, even like thinking about how hard that must be anywhere else um is like you know fries my brain <laughs> like yes. makes me want to die pretty much it's very it's a deeply frustrating experience and like you said that it's like a lot of the people i mean the best that i always counsel people to look for is literally people who are just neutral and that makes me kind of sad that i can't even be like hope for people who are kind and understanding it's like hope for people who are neutral within the system and aren't terrible to you <laughs> like, aren't actually trying to sabotage you <laughs> like, i'm like the bar is so low um yeah 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 I mean, same thing goes with, like so many like like healthcare barriers though it's like it seems like yeah you said labyrinthine it's just like it they they purposely make it really difficult um to access almost anything <laughs> oh seriously that's i experienced that frustration as an individual then also as a therapist where even like i submit like super bills for my clients that do have insurance because then they get partial reimbursement for like my my practices services and i kid you not like there was this one insurance agency that like i submitted the super bill like my client did so they could get money back this insurance agency called me because they were like, but you didn't put the right code on the diagnosis. And I was like, oh, I put the DSM code. They're like, oh, okay, we need the IDC code. And I was like, okay. And they were like, yeah, for this one, the IDC number is blah, blah. And I was like, cool. And they were like, so you need to send us another bill that has that IDC code on it. I was like, but you literally just said the code, you know, the code. They were like, no, we don't because we don't diagnose. I was like, you just you just said it. <laughs> you... <laughs> no. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I had one surgery over the pandemic and it was so like heart pounding trying to get it completed because literally in the past I have had to take less and like physically run them to other offices and like show up places and just wait for hours and i'm like this is how i get things done and so during the pandemic it was like you just have to like but like block out twice or more the amount of time because it's all on the phone and everyone on the phone is pretty much like displaced to their own home so it's like they can't even check within their own office I like see. going you know Oh my god. I'm like kudos to you for <laughs> that is. Oh my god. And I actually I know several people who have transitioned during the pandemic and a lot of people that discovered aspects of their identity that they hadn't before because of like either being perceived by others and having that taken away during the circumstance or feeling pressured to be a certain way that then when you're all by yourself you don't feel that pressure. And so it's like I had a lot of clients and friends mm -hmm. even who were like, oh, wow, like I discovered like I'm actually this gender. Oh, wow, I discovered my sexuality is actually totally different than I thought it was because now I'm not actually being pressured by other people. Yeah, staring into the void. <laughs> You're just like, what's up? What's out there, really? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like I know a lot of people who have been like, surprise, I'm actually non-binary. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's fab yeah i mean it's like it's i think a cliche at this point that like a lot of trans people are like really into like online video games or like uh coding or like those industries um because uh you like you know with self-reflection comes like a, like a having a lot of time alone um, comes a lot of self-reflection and you like get to these places that you don't necessarily if you're being like pushed and pulled 
with um you know uh social cues or whatever. um so it's like to have that kind of as a widespread thing um was probably really good for some people that's i was gonna say that's so interesting that you bring that up because i had noticed a correlation and like it's so funny that you had pointed out me being a therapist because i'm like having studied that correlation is not causation <laughs> that is always when people are like when people are like does this make this other thing happen it's like no that's a correlation <laughs> they seem to have some relationship but we don't know what it is yet <laughs> Like, but I love that, that it's like that relationship might be because like you said, like the self-reflection, the time alone, the time that you're concentrating on something, not with others. It's like, mm -hmm. because yeah, I do know an unusual number now that I actually think about it. I'm like, oh, I do know a lot of my friends who are trans are in video games and including. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just sound design, research, like... <laughs> You know, all of these industries. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that is, that is, I, I now I'm just like, oh, I, uh, wow. I just, I, I looked like that meme where it's like the woman calculating everything. Where I'm just like, oh. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's like, I'm looking forward to seeing like how, how this shift in people's identities over the course of this, what it looks like in coming years. I mean, obviously there's a huge amount of trauma that we're still processing and that is like still ongoing, but there's so much like positive identity exploration that I'm like, I'm so curious, like what's going to happen in the next few years? Like who are going to be? Yeah. And I think that like, I mean, um, the trauma might be like part of this too but like i feel like it like i don't know i think about like putting up with so much at my job at the bar like putting up with being treated like shit, like by customers or like you know just like trying to get through um hopefully maybe a silver lining can be that like we don't like so, like certain things are like non-negotiable, you know. Yes. Because we've like given ourselves, or we've been forced to have space to, um, like become accustomed to certain aspects of ourselves or like certain standards, you know. But like I noticed at that party and at the other few that I went to people were so respectful of personal space in a way that they hadn't before. And like, like yeah. I, I'm, I'm very small. And so people tend to sometimes be in my space anyway. Um, but like, I noticed, you know, also like, you know, being perceived female in public spaces, people tend to touch me a lot. They're like, Oh, a small female touchy touchy. And I'm just like, no touchy. No. <laughs> 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 and coming yeah. out of this, people have been so much less like that. Like people have asked me like, oh, would you like a hug? Or are you a hugger? Or like, oh, can I sit next to you? Like people are using their words in a different way in regards to personal space that I was like, oh, this is the world I've always wanted. Oh, bless. This is so good. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, it, it's kind of a trip. Yeah. Or like even like, on the subway here it's like people not always but i have especially like up until a certain point it's like people were like leaving space between each other on the subway in a way that i'm like if it was 2018 like someone would be like sliding in sideways to try to get this like one inch space between me and this like 80 year old person you know <laughs> like leaning <laughs> i do remember that about the subways in new york that like i was just like wow i don't even have to hold on to anything it's like i'm crowd surfing cool <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like a pencil in a box, like. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Totally. I feel like there are things that like should have been non-negotiable before that like now really are that like we're more yeah. 
you know, hopefully in a way like more respectful of each other and more observant of like, hey, is this other person comfortable? Like, what can I do to help them out? <laughs> like... Right, right, totally. <laughs> You've been so generous with your time. I really appreciate you chatting with me. Oh my God, thank you so much for having me. Thank you again for listening to this episode of Why Not Both. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to like us and subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platform. You can also come hang out with us on social media. We are at WNB the podcast, both on Instagram and on Twitter. This season, we are brought to you by Under the Radar magazine. Under the Radar is a nationally distributed print, music, and entertainment magazine and website. You can find them at www.undertheradarmag.com and feel free to support them on Patreon. Extra special thanks to our producer, Laura Studeris, who is literally a rock star. Thanks again, and I look forward to seeing you next episode.